Hey guys, producer Ken here with a very quick message before the show begins. Uh, in 2013, uh, I started working on a podcast with two of my very best friends, Paul and Ben. That show's called Jews and Reviews, and it's on the Atlantic Transmission Network. In fact, it's safe to say it's probably one of the inspirations for creating it in the first place. Well, four years ago, uh, one of the best men I know, Paul Cohen, you may know him as Paul Corey, hosted Jews and Reviews, uh, was unexpectedly admitted to the hospital. Uh, it was from there that he learned that his illness was due to a loss of function in his kidneys. Uh, right now, he's on dialysis three days a week, and the doctors have told him, hey, Paul, you know, try to live a normal life, which is very rough to do, you know, being on dialysis three days a week. Well, it turns out Paul is in need of a kidney transplant. So if you or anyone you know may be interested in learning more about becoming a living donor, please call the Living Donor Team at New York Weill Cornell at 212-746-3922. That's the Living Donor Team at New York Weill Cornell at 212-746-3922. Another way you can help is just spreading the message by sharing these links and giving it the hashtag Team Paul. That's T-E-A-M-P-A-U-L, standard spelling on Paul. We're certainly doing all we can to help a good man get through this, and we hope you'll join us. Thank you. Enjoy the show. And welcome to Call Us Crazy, a podcast all about diagnosable disorders. I have Tourette. I have obsessive compulsive disorder. And hopefully today we will destigmatize and normalize some not only our disorders, but those of our guests and others. We like to entertain and enlighten and uh, get people to see the, the reality of it. Exactly. And maybe drink while we're doing all the above. Unless we're talking to somebody who is not drinking and then or we does won't not want to drink. drink or is off the wagon. Or, or will secret drink. Yes, there we've you go. We've gotten very good at our little intro spiel, Evan. <laughs> I feel like we should take that on the road. Just we, that. Maybe we should. Just the part where we introduce ourselves. We really <laughs> have. It. We'll, it's we'll like real up. tight. It's so let's welcome today's guest to the podcast. We have Jackie Jacks. Yeah. Welcome. Hi. Welcome. Uh, welcome to our humble podcast abode. Thank you. You feel free to openly drink, as I'm not here to judge. Is that a- <laughs> Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank well, you we're we're, we're comfortably and safely in here, away from the the day drinking <laughs> Santas out there. It's SantaCon today. So. Oh God. And that's it's. Uh, it's I, I was mentioning earlier. Drink to that. Yeah. Let's drink to SantaCon. I'll, I did. I'll drink I did to a that. show. I'll drink to that. I'm not in it. Last year, I did a comedy show. Somebody invited me to in Hoboken, and that was SantaCon going on, and that's. That makes this one in Manhattan look like they're just just hanging out. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like a Tuesday. Oh. But I feel like as tight as our intro is, we have not yet developed the most efficient and uh, gracious way to dive in to the topic at hand. Yes. Which well. is... Why what? the hell are you here, Jackie? <laughs> I just wanted to see. I know the answer is always, "Well, you forced me to be." Would you? Yeah, what, so, what, what would you like to talk about? What do you want to talk about today? in our podcast therapy um, office, Jackie? What is it that you're dealing with? What is your particular and we can brand? Slowly ease into it. Don't get. Oh, are you kidding? Through. I spend all of my time home alone with cats. I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> I will talk yes. about anything you want. You want to talk about your favorite Monopoly piece? I'm there. What is your favorite Monopoly piece? A fellow cat lady. I love it. We're both big cat people. The shoe, it just felt very okay. stable, you know? 
rounded. Like, and that's like a shoe is supposed to be moving around, right? And right. those yeah, other items. That's what it does. Yeah. That's yeah. weird. I like the hat because I feel like it's just very, it's fancy. Oh, I don't even have any very vivid memories of playing Monopoly. Is that weird? That's very strange, and yeah. I'm judging you. I'm really judging you. It was a surprise. Do you think you like, blocked it out silence. because it was a negative experience? Yeah, or did you uh, just have a family that didn't love you? Maybe you someone <laughs> touched me while I was playing Monopoly, wow, and I haven't wow. been ready to acknowledge it yet. Maybe it's going to all come back while we're talking about uh, Monopoly. This could be a right breakthrough this podcast. Really be a this breakthrough. is actually, we, we brought Jackie, and we're here to talk about you. This is <laughs> <laughs> it's an intervention. We saw some things in your files. We, we've heard there have, been, there have been some problems. I feel you're trying to turn the other way. Um, so I don't yes, know where to go from this. By the way, board games with OC. Now I've gotten older. Like I play poker, I do board games, and I can't. I'm eat, so sorry, guys. Like because you you had you played, on the microphone. Oh, I'm cutting you off now. Uh, I because you want to like have chips and stuff and. Any of these games are games where you pass around pieces and chips and so forth that I have to like sit and play board games with a Purell thing next to me. Yeah. Because if I want to eat food while I'm playing the games. Anyway. Yeah. Just throwing just, that out there. You're just passing it along. You're just do not pass go. Do not collect the or money do collect germs. or cards or As poker chips. Go. We use my dad's chips from the 70s. I don't know what's going on. They could have Quaalude residue. Or actually, that would be cool. That's a very valid... valid point. I have to say, I, to some extent, would benefit from your, um, shall we say... Uh, well, actually, you know what? I can't think of the word because one of the issues that I have to deal with is brain fog. Where like, I will... Yeah, okay. but, but brain well, fog, it, we'll it, it sounds magical, so I really like that. It's just yeah. like, I'll sometimes substitute a word for another word if I can't think of it, and sometimes I'll substitute a word with a word that rhymes with it, which is... Oh, uh, that's interesting. Oh, and if you have noticed at this point, yes, I do have ADHD, but... Uh, <laughs> and I'll eventually explain what the brain fog is, but I forgot what the first point that I was making, but it was going to be so... Oh, OC. playing the board games, uh, touching things. I should really have that compulsion. I don't want to... Eh, compulsion feels ugly, but that instinct yeah. to clean because I have contracted just about every single thing under the sun. Oh, and every wow. time While I go to... playing board games? Well, doing anything, <laughs> going to the gym. Well, I don't even know why I, I have certain it. things, but I don't want to discuss them because I don't want to make no, 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 certain no. persons uncomfortable. No, but that's it. But that's why we're here to sort of talk about it. And again, I'll, I'll agree with you mm -hmm. on the gym because that always, no matter how many things they I, have to like wipe down everything. My friend got a fungus that she can never get rid of. Girl, I got herpes. What? From the gym? <laughs> From a yoga mat. No. And every time I go to the doctor and this is... No. I will... <laughs> This is why I will not shower. Oh I, I will not shower at the gym. This part of the why I don't go to the gym is because there's no time to go and then shower and go to work, and I won't go after. You have Jackie um, physiological. Have disorder, you yes. have physiological things and psychological things, and I it's, guess that's it's uh, a rich tapestry. Exactly, yeah. man. It's a beautiful blend. But yeah, it's really fun. Every time I go to the doctor, they say, "Wow." Never you seen that. That's amazing. <laughs> Which you don't want to hear from no, people who exactly. spent a lot like, of money at a school for a lot of years and should have at least read about everything. 
Well, but it was great though. Well, the first time when I had shingles earlier this year. <gasps> oh my goodness. This I is knew a couple of people that had shingles this year. It is the season. It maybe. is. Maybe. It's the year. It's very in. And oh I, was, I was actually, I will say, I was kind of disappointed because I kind of wanted people to gasp in horror. I mean, I said that I didn't want people to be upset and feel bad for me. But on the inside, I was like, you should feel bad for me. I'm a warrior. And everyone I said it to was like, yeah, I had that. But I feel like it's being acknowledged more because you see more commercials yeah. about the medications and stuff. And but, people getting it younger and, and younger. I think because it used to be associated with just like older people and like, now a lot of people our age are getting it but uh, do you know how you got shingles well shingles is something that anyone who's had chicken pox can get yeah you get it if you had chicken pox and it, te- and it tends to strike at a younger age if you're someone like me who is immune compromised or have under a lot under of stress. stress. Exactly, yeah. under a lot of stress. And I was under a significant amount of stress mm-hmm. because of the MRSA infection that I had. Jackie! <laughs> this is, I can't even tell you. How did you get MRSA? We're not trying that to laugh. Is, um, I, they, I also think that that was from the gym. Fucked up. What gym do you go to? Exactly. What's especially distressing is that I go so infrequently and I really want to go more and I should go more and things like this go down. And I'm like, mm, Honestly, do you, know, you, go, you don't have to say the exact one, but do you go to a chain gym or is it just like a one-off? It, it's, no, it, uh, to say I go is really an exaggeration. I, I, <laughs> I, I went. I went. <laughs> and it was, no, it's, it's a completely sanitary place absolutely the thing is that 95 percent of us apparently have this bacteria That's on our skin is. that causes it and it's just That's when you're immune is. compromised exactly that you get these is. things so like and even, i've had many of these things exactly i feel like if is. even after the show you and i can talk to each other so we can enable or comfort each other with my ocd and your things I that i think fear that, because of the ocd i don't think that it would make you feel, <laughs> i think it'd make actually i can just tell you is that most of these things you're not going to get them because Thanks. You leave the house, what, daily? Yeah. <laughs> Not me. I mean, and, so, well, and I still get them. So I, I think that that could say, be a did, source of comfort take, for you. It did take a lot. It took, at, at its worst, it took a lot of therapy and eventually medication to get to where, because I, I had a low point where I was trying not to leave and go to work and so forth. But uh, that leads me to the question that you did. you were born with, physiological disorders and did that lead to the psychological disorders or what well i haven't yet said that i had a psychological disorder but thank you evan for (laughs) you know what the thing is the thing is almost every i think it's normal to think that that someone you know with these issues would eventually and i have developed some psychological issues related to it but now this was because of exposure to mold i lived in a really moldy apartment uh, for almost a decade and, and how, how old are you uh, this was like growing up no no no, no. this was an, as an adult so I moved into it uh, in 2003 and you know there was some, there was water trickling wow. you know down out of the ceiling and you know the radiator was slowing and sinking into the floor and nice. you know I know a whole lot more about mold then would make me pleasant to talk to at any cocktail party, so I won't get into all of it. But it's very dangerous and it slowly erodes your immune system and then what happens is that you just do get a final shock. Uh, and I was slowly developing fatigue and exhaustion and getting sick easier and needing more time to recover and I, I, got, I got ringworm off my cat. Are you? Are you kidding me? Well, I got, I was fostering a kitten from the ASPCA and the vet like missed the fact and whatever, I'll get, I won't get on my soapbox. 
it is sometimes hard to diagnose ringworm, especially if it's not visible. And then also, but I guess they do some sort of like little like litmus test that's supposed to still like show mm-hmm. up or be a certain color. But I guess it was one of the weird, you know, like 12 hour, like random fluke period where like the cat had contracted it, but it still didn't like light up the test. Mm-hmm. And so they dispatch sounds very official, but like <laughs> I thought fo- they gave the, the cat to me. They knew that I had a cat. I made it very clear that if I foster, it's because it's be- I fostered because I wanted my cat to interact with another cat and, mm-hmm. you know, see if I was ready to adopt another cat. And yeah, it turned out the cat had ringworm. You know, so then my cat got it and I got it too. How long you did know. it take for it to resolve? It was, I mean, okay, a you, nightmare okay, because you know, everyone said I was very lucky because they said sometimes it can take, especially because the cat had, I mean, lived in my apartment for mm-hmm. weeks without me knowing. So therefore now my environment was contaminated. And that's what they said. Like, it's a Dude. nightmare when like, you know, let's say you go to the playground and you get ringworm or you're a wrestler, you get ringworm. Mm-hmm. You contracted it in an environment outside of your normal environment. You have it on your skin. But as long as you treat it, you, you know, are bathe a lot or whatever during the first couple of weeks and treat it, you're fine. The cat was living in my environment, therefore this it's almost like bed bugs. The microscopic ringworm fungus spores were then living everyone in my apartment. I'm sorry, I'm feeling so I'm I know. feeling I had to no, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> no, that's fine. No, go ahead. I just I'll back up. But point being, it was a nightmare. And actually, thankfully, it can take like up to a year to really cleanse your environment of it, but it we were very lucky and we um, got rid of it in about three a nightmarish like three months of like, you know, I had to my cat was in a cone, I had to put this little like ointment on him all the time. I'd like give him these like crazy baths. No told me to do any of that. So actually now I'm feeling very oh grateful. Oh my God. What no, I, I, just, I, just, I just had a ring on my side and when it didn't go away after several weeks, the nurse was like, I think we need to give you, you know, because originally they tell you, I feel like everything thing I've ever had, they just say like, oh, put some apple cider vinegar on it. Of That's course. like the you know, and then yeah, after exactly. a while she's like, yeah, maybe you want to pop one of these, but she seemed to think it took an abnormally t- long time to resolve. Well, what did you do? You didn't treat the cat at all, though? Uh, Kitty, you just gave her some... Uh, she she was the, fine. The, she did the oral meds? <laughs> she was, they didn't say anything about her, and she's totally healthy. But you know you got it from her. Um, I'm guessing because I got the kitty and then I got them. That's what happened. But this is something where the thing I like about this show is that we get a lot of, oh, wait, you had that too? Because we want people to know that there are other people out there that also said, but I've heard this about ringworm and about like mentioning like herpes or things like that, where it could be, even if you treat it, it can be dormant and sort of like the the chicken pox and all that stuff. That's exactly right. Things that I try not to think about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's. You know, well, again, there's two, there's two different forms of herpes, and, um, but both of them are the type that my doctor pronounces herpes. <laughs> <laughs> and see, are there like lots of other people standing and watching while you're getting a, a doctor exam? And he's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> the worst part about this was this is right after the MRSA infection, which also happened a part of my body that I did not particularly want to show to a well, doctor. Well, hold on. Before we go down that road, okay. can I really quick back up to just ask, and deal, And I mean, yeah, mold, I think, is one of those, it's such a dangerous thing that people aren't always tipped off to. You know, it's hard to necessarily, mm-hmm. it's hard to, from what I understand, hone in and pinpoint, like, oh, X, Y, and Z is happening, possibly because, should I examine my place for mold? So right. how did you finally come to the conclusion that like, what were the XYZ things that were happening and how did you come to the conclusion that it was because you had dangerous mold? Well, what finally happened is uh, I was sitting on my sofa 
under a lot of uh, Vicodin, actually, because I had had a procedure done on my wrist. And I was like, oh, it's snowing on my sofa. That's so oh. pretty. <laughs> and it turned out, I mean, I think it probably took a while because I'm someone who finds joy in anything. I was like, this is wonderful. <laughs> who knew this could happen? And then I looked up and I realized there was a huge hole in the ceiling. Oh, wow. And within a couple of days, my eyes were red and my inside of my nose and my throat were burning and I was coughing. And I went to an allergist and she said, this is mold. And so I don't know if it was wow. that one exposure that caused it because then I brought someone in and they found mold all over my apartment and they also found large amounts of bacteria. And Who did you bring in and how did you do that? Now I'm like, so now I'm like right. thinking about every inch of well, my apartment. Like there's a, in my kitchen, it continually, not continually, I mean, there's sort of like a plastered up hole that will maybe once or twice a year, a couple drops of water will leak. You know what I mean? But then they Mm -hmm. like, I know, but then they plastered up and I hear them up on the roof. Like I a hundred percent know for a fact that my landlord many times has had people up on the roof Mm -hmm. trying to find, but it's very hard to find the source of a leaky roof. You know what I mean? And I moved my last apartment. I mean, that was a bigger nightmare. Like, he didn't give a shit. Like, it was leaking continuously all the time. And that's why I finally moved out of that place. So then to go to another place and how that happened, I was like, oh, another nightmare. Anyways, I, who I, did you bring in? And can I bring this person in? Oh, absolutely. Well, the thing is that there's, I, I went to several companies. I brought in a company, and then my landlord brought in a company. And when the landlord brought in the company, they hired the same people to test as they did to remediate, which is a no-no because... If you go to someone and you say, is this broken? Because if it is, right. I'm going to pay you a lot of money to fix it. They're going to say, oh, it's a disaster. And it's going to, you know, so you can't do that. So you have right. to, you know, hire separate companies to do that. And I appreciate you asking because after, I mean, I was incredibly sick from the mold exposure. And it is still at the point where I can't be in the same room as blue cheese. Because now, I, oh, I mean, wow. I had a penicillin allergy, you know, I think when I was younger. But that's... And a lot of people have there. So there's mold right. allergy, but then there's the mycotoxins, which are released. I'm getting all fun now. Again, great <laughs> cocktail party guest. The mycotoxins, it, which are very dangerous when you're exposed to them, but when people clean it themselves, the killing of the mold is what releases it into the air, which is why it's incredibly important. PSA, do not try to clean mold. You have to cut out the part that has right, mold right. and remove right. it and stop the leak. Right. Interesting. So now you know. All so, right. but the, the long-term you know. exposure to it is what is, my doctors think eventually wore down my immune to the system. When it was like, I give up enough. You know, anything you come in touch right. with now, forget it. So, right. Which is why now, I you know I'm so subject to getting infections, and why I now have what they call multiple chemical sensitivity, which I, I personally in some ways think is a blessing because all of these things that I'm so sensitive are known carcinogens. Right, right. But I I can't handle being around them. But it's a bit of a nightmare. For example, I started to develop a migraine before I came in because someone right. in my building thinks it's just delightful to spray the hallways with some seasonal air freshener. Ugh. And even in my apartment, I could smell it. Sure. And I started to get... pungent. And people it don't is. think about just there are so many different things that can affect other people and mm-hmm. everyone. And this is what we talk about with the psychological things, too, that like people are just like, oh, well, I'll just get over it. And it's like, no, my body can't get over that. I, right. Absolutely. Well, I mean, what I get so frequently is, and I'm also incredibly sensitive to cigarette smoke where people... Oh, yeah. But again, I'm sensitive to it. The people who eventually die from lung cancer aren't, which is why they can tolerate smoking after, you know, pack after pack. But I get 
to my face, I get the, I think you're just crazy, which is infuriating because even if this because wasn't smokers say that to you, no, not just the, the, you know the super of my say. building people who you know I can't, I, I cannot sit next to someone wearing perfume I, or or especially aftershave. I, it triggers a migraine and people yeah. get defensive and angry. Like, I didn't even put that much on. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm I'm happy right, with you exactly because it's easier for them. And you want to say it must be nice to be able to just do that and not have to worry about other people. I, it happened at my very job where because of the OCD, I would Lysol my cubicle, but I had I have somebody near me who is very sensitive to that and has asked me to stop doing that. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll use like Clorox wipes and stuff, but. I, I, I'm going to recommend tea tree oil and grapefruit seed extract, which are both proven mm, bacterial I've heard healers. So many and, good things about tea tree oil. Yes, and, Remind and me of actually, this, I because can't write those it down actually now, degenerate but. your immune system. But and beyond that, well, I also on top of that, I have nine herniated discs in my spine. So there's a lot of stuff. So go, okay, we'll so have it. you back for that. Well, this will be a two parter, two or three parter, three episode part. So okay, so the compromised immune system happened. Therefore, you contracted. MRSA. Well, the MRSA just happened this year. That was that was just this year's fun. But what happened is overall, and the thing is, some people call it fibromyalgia. Some I've been told it's fibromyalgia. Tell me about fibromyalgia told, because I see so many commercials. It's a hoot and a half. I you know I honestly don't pay attention to the commercials. I've stopped watching all of it because. What is it like? What's the definition? Fibromyalgia is it's a soft tissue disorder where your muscle tissue is just hypersensitive and overreacts to even like the smallest things. And then again, that's where people are like, oh, okay, because if someone You're grabs my arm too quickly, you know, especially if I'm already having a flare up or if I have PMS when your hormones yeah. change, everything going on, little teeny things could be extremely painful to me that don't hurt other people. Yeah. Like the rattling of the subway can be too much for me sometimes, not always. But yeah. then there's also chronic fatigue syndrome, which just sounds like you're a whiny person, but right. then they tried, they changed the name to myalgic encephalitis. And then there's this ongoing feud in the internet, which is where people with fibromyalgia and myalgic encephalitis live because we can't leave the house. But they get so angry and territorial. They're like, you don't have this, you have that, and you would know if you had. And I, I frankly, I have all of the symptoms at any God, one it's a, point. It's a, it's a disordered turf war. It, it really is, which is. Fakakt and sorry, and it's, it's, it's not very productive, and and I and I try people. The other thing is people think I'm a hypochondriac. Right, I actually, that's what I was gonna say. That it right. is such a stigma, yeah. right? It's like people don't understand people. Anyways, go on. Well, I absolutely. And you. the thing is, hypochondria. I have a friend who was socially disabled with hypochondria for psychosomatic purposes. So I, I hate the dismissal of it's just crazy because if it's real and it's to right. you, it's happening to you, and it's difficult for you, but. I am not, I mean, when those lumps were growing on my body, I just looked at it with this like third person of like, that's fascinating. Right. Let's see where this goes. Right. I wonder how much longer you can die. I mean, right. I could, also I was really just did not want to go to that. So I, I mean, I have random stuff happen. I had a piece of glass in my foot for three months a couple of years for ago. three months? And I would tell people and they would panic and I was like, look, it's not bothering me. I'm not going to bother it. You know, I, I really avoid doctors. I don't want to hear about another supplement I have to take. It's not right. hypochondria. I have these real issues, but people don't see it partly because well, I don't leave my house frequently. But see, but this <laughs> is but that's an important thing too that people who dismiss things or think that you're being a hypochondriac, like you just said, you don't want to have to go to the doctors. People don't understand. It's like no, it's not convenient for me to say that I have this. I'm not right. saying this for no reason or for attention or something. I'm saying this because I have it. It's horribly inconvenient. I don't like having to go to the doctor all the time. And I'm not 
in any way glad that you have all these things, but I'm glad that you're here to say this because this is part of what we're trying to do is that it's not people just it's so easy for people to dismiss things right. when they don't know especially when they haven't had heard anyone else speak candidly about it right which is one of the reasons i think it's important to talk about but when i you know when i first started comedy which i started because i you know yeah. had too many disabilities i try not to call myself disabled the person with disabilities that I, I had to stop working i didn't want to talk about it cuz i didn't want to deal with that you must be crazy and i didn't I also don't want people to feel bad for me. Although now I kind of like it when people feel bad for me, just enough to realize, <laughs> well, just, just to enough know. to realize that everything that I do every day that like is something easy they take for granted is yeah. right. so much harder just for me. Just the acknowledgement, yeah. right? Not even. Yeah. But it is. It's very difficult for people to process. One of the hardest things that I dealt with was when I was cleaning out my mother's apartment last year. I found out, printed out the stack of emails that was an exchange between her and my sister and a childhood friend of mine trying to determine which personality disorder I had. And they were written, they were written, I don't know. I don't even want to get into that. I just, I just took the, I scanned them and I put the stack on the table and I walked out and I was infuriated because again, those disorders, although I I have a good friend who's a psychologist, which is something that I recommend everybody have, who doesn't believe in the concept of personality disorders I won't even try to go down that path. But if it was a personality disorder, that is something real that affects your life. Yeah. But this fucking isn't. Right. right, right. It's not. This is a real physiological issues. And right. then people are like, you should just try not to stress or, you know, both, you know, try not to focus on it. Don't bring energy to it. And there's this great quote from uh, a disabilities advocate woman um, who was in a wheelchair. And she had a great quote, which is, no amount of smiling is going to turn a stair, set of stairs into an elevator. You know, that this yeah, is not about right, my right, approach right. to it. It's real and it's there. Yep. And I don't like to think about it. I probably should think about it more. Maybe I wouldn't know all totally. these things if I did. But, but then again, you know, people say, and they'll say, oh, you still look good. Or, oh, that's such a shame. That's, that's so sad because you're pretty, which... Is frustrating for a range of reasons because, first of all, other people we should should be tossing them. And I also get that with my age, you know. Oh, it's such a shame because you still look, but you know, like so ugly and old people. Obviously, we should just be, you know, we should just like throw them to the sands outside. But also, I mean, it's just it means like, oh, you had potential, but mm, now I know this about you. I had a guy. The reason my podcast, which obviously we'll plug eventually, is called Damaged and Proud. It's because a guy asked me why I was single and I wanted him to leave me alone. So I told him about all of my disabilities. And he was like, that's not why you don't have a man. But the thing is, you just have to make sure you don't tell them how damaged you are. So, wow, see? No. so one of the reasons I talk about my age and my disability so openly is to keep men like that away from me. Yeah. Right. You want to have, I mean... Even just, as we were talking earlier, just even a roommate, just cohabitation, just people who are supportive and understand and don't treat it like, okay, I'm living with you in spite of this or something. Right. I would, well, oh, I'd prefer a band servant instead of a roommate. <laughs> <laughs> I would love one of those. <laughs> well, to that end, I mean, you did kind of touch on your inspiration to start performing was a lot of things that you're going through. So how did that come about? Or how did you sort of use everything that you're dealing with to fuel your creativity? Uh, I have to say everything that I'm dealing with does not fuel my creativity. It does. It actually, it makes it, I, it turns out that I'm an extrovert and that I like performing, which is something I did not find out. And I started comedy because I had to move out of my apartment 
And I had to leave my job within two weeks. And I'd been both of them for almost a decade. And my life was just upside down. And I moved to another apartment. And it was in a more isolated part of Brooklyn. And I was really part of being sick is just being exhausted. And I'm an extroverted person. I like being around people. So I just... I knew I needed to have something I'd paid for to get me out of the house. Yeah. So I signed up for a comedy class to make sure I got it. And then it turned out that I really liked it. And, and I, you are very good, Aww. I'll say. Jackie's, you should see Jackie. Here's some money. <laughs> <laughs> but so, and being out, and there, are, there actually have been times when my body is just in so much pain, and I'll go to a comedy show, and afterwards I'll realize that for that hour, an hour and a half, the pain has gone. And that's amazing. But... There are so many things that I'm sensitive to, like, I I hate having to tell people, I can't sit next to you, I can't hug you, you smell like perfume, you smell like cigarette smoke, or Mm -hmm. there are times when I'm so exhausted, or the brain fog, which is another one of the symptoms that's associated with this, kicks in that I know I'm not going to perform well. I mean, I can show up there with energy, but unless I get on stage within 10, 15 minutes, I'm exhausted. There are days that the amount of energy it takes just to get to the subway. By the time I get on the subway, I can barely keep my eyes open. And I don't want to perform and perform badly because I don't want people yeah. to see me do that. Right. So I just kind of retreat from the scene. Yeah. And that's what another thing that people take for granted too is that dealing with any of this is the thing itself, whatever things you have physically, psychologically, or both can be draining, but also just the things you have to do to make it a regular day for yourself and right. and explaining to people and so forth can drain your drain you even more and that's right. exhausting yeah well there's actually there's this thing called spoonies or spoon theory but someone once asked a friend of theirs with a chronic disorder what it was like to live with it and she i'm not doing this justice but she grabbed a bunch of spoons it's like look at the beginning of the day you have 12 spoons and are you going to go grocery shopping? That's five spoons. Are you going to go hang out with your friends at night? That's eight spoons. You can't do both. You know? So yeah. are you going to take a shower? That's one spoon, depending on if you have a flare-up or not. So you have to figure out how to divide it up. And actually, Spoonies, is um, it's a great hashtag for anyone who's out there and looking for support who's dealing with one of these I'd love to check things. that out, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, it's because people, the other thing people don't understand, you're, you're not being a hypochondriac. You're not making it up. And also, by the way, it's like a, having another job dealing it with is. it. It is. It is a full-time job just staying on top of my health. Oh, it yeah. takes... I, like, the things that I have to do medically on a daily basis can take up to two to three hours, and that's not including going to wow. physical therapy, going to doctor's appointments, figuring out what this new thing is, and if... You know, if I should talk about it in public, which hello everybody, I've got herpes. <laughs> we think I need to find out. I've got it's on my arm. And I was like, oh, it's all that unprotected armpit sex. <laughs> but, but again, as I've been assured by my doctors, herpes, but it's right. not sexual. Right. <laughs> no wonder I don't like to go no, there to talk about these no things. No armpit sex. Also, should be ashamed to talk about. We had this really this other show I used to produce on TV. We had this really awesome chick on that has vaginal herpes, and she was very. That was like her mission. She was like, I want to talk about the fact that lots of people have well, this. Doesn't it, like it doesn't 20 mean to I'm dirty. It doesn't of the mean I'm wrong. Yeah, and she's like, I contracted it by having protected sex. Like, mm-hmm. I have a very normal amount of protected sex. 
you know, right. and like I got it, so it can happen to you. If you still felt the need to preface that with normal, no. Yeah. Well, I guess that, that could be my paraphrasing, right. but point being, like you know, she's saying I'm not out there. Like people want to associate like any sexual trans- sexually transmitted diseases with like, right? Oh, you fucking hole, you're out there slung it up, unprotected every day. Which also, whatever, if you want to do you, but point right. being, she's like it's not just like right, right. I understand. Well, the People type of herpes that I have is money. called mat herpes because I, I got it off a yoga mat, but apparently it's every, every other article I read about it because I did once, I knew what, what it was, start researching it obsessively, is it's wrestlers. So I have the armpit right. of the wrestlers and I apparently have the knees of a triathlete because that's another thing that fibromyalgia does is it gives you premature arthritis oh, wow. and it's just special presence. But, but that's <laughs> that said though now I go on um, Instagram and there are a lot of people who have accounts you know that they hashtag with spoonies because again they don't leave the house and a lot of them are much sicker than I am and younger than I am and I look at these pictures of these young women and I think oh it's so sad they're so pretty it's, you know, maybe they just need to get out of the house more and then, so I catch myself doing it we too we all do right I think it's, it's, it's a gut instinct like it's we just don't want to believe that bad things exist or I don't know it is human nature and I think like it's almost I mean, yeah, you could almost never stop yourself from having certain gut instincts. But I think the point being us in this room, we can then stop and realize, oh, that was fucked up of me. Like, I'm well, going to, you know, but, like, a lot of, but a lot of people can't make, you know, a lot of people don't right. have the context well, to people, stop themselves and reevaluate. People don't want to associate, like, people have a problem and might own it and still not want to associate. I know there's a big... Uh, just from people I've known who've had eating disorders where, you know, if you're anorexic, you don't want to associate that you have a similar problem to someone who's an overeater because they're not disciplined. But, and I'm not saying all people, like, but I've known people who've said, like, you have these ideas where you, you have disorders from the same place, but you want to separate yourself from the other people. And, yeah. and the, the idea is that, okay, you know what, but we're all coming from the same place and we should all sort of be there for each other. And, Right. Come on, <laughs> people now. I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to pay for it. So, well, I mean, we've talked about the various physiological things you're going through. Are there any psychological things you oh, want that you dabble yeah. in? Psychological things that, <laughs> what do you dabble in? that I dabble in. Well, I mean, I, I still don't believe that I have the disorder. But this is what's sad is while I was crushed to find out that, you know, I might have this thing that will inhibit me from having intimate contact for the rest of my life. A certain part of me was like, you damn straight, I have a, I have a compromised <laughs> immune system, fucking A, believe it already. So, you know, there, there's that. Uh, you know, I, and it's depressing. It is very depressing. Uh, you know, the, sure. first, the first time when I found out I had five herniated discs in my neck, I had an absolute breakdown. I was sobbing and it was just terrifying, the idea. Do you of, know how it happened? I'm now beginning to think because of the research that I've read and the impact that this, ha- I mean, it deteriorates your other tissues, so it might have caused premature deterioration wow. of my spine. I know, right? Um, but, Are you- but I have great highlights. But <laughs> <laughs> She does, we'll just say for the podcast. She, I'm it, because I think it's, a, I do a certain amount of reality buffering because it was really terrifying to me, the idea that I might not be able to physically take care of myself. And this yeah. was like almost eight years ago. And so I definitely live in a reality bubble because if I sat and, you know, people are like, where do you want to be five years from now? And I'm like, alive? I don't know. <laughs> Functioning, clean, not in a diaper. I don't know. I don't, right. I really don't want to think about it. Yeah. So I, and, and it's very, depra- I'm an extrovert. 
I love being around people. I, this is where I think I differ from many comedians. I like to go up to a perfect stranger, ask them how they're doing, find out where they grew up, are they having a good holiday season? I love that. I agree. I, that's why, personally, I started doing comedy. I no, like I like to get people. off stage and go home. But, <laughs> you know, no, so that's yeah. valid. Yeah. But I spend I like all this time home alone, and then my outlet to interact with people is Facebook, which in itself is a form of psychosis. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, sure. that's a... A mental yeah. health trap. Well, it's interesting too that like physical things can lead to psychological things and vice yeah. versa. Like I found, I found out when I was having um, the worst. You see that case I drove her to drink. That's <laughs> not depressing. This is. I got a drink about it. I was gonna try to keep the pour off the mic, but um, Evan, should I just finish it? Oh, go for it, kill it. Evan peer pressured me. That you only twenty five bottle no, of, or a bottle of wine. I home, did not so. peer pressure. Well, get, we'll we'll make you another podcast. You need to peer pressure me at I just was in the mood. Okay, go on. <laughs> no, um, but I know, like, I developed acid reflux from, like, the, a few years ago when I was going through a divorce. My dad had cancer. And all the things were leading to my, uh, the stress leads OCD to be even worse. But it also, I developed this horrible, like, stomach, like, searing pain that caused me... Mm-hmm. So it's, it's can, or even just like stress more. exacerbating. Yeah, exactly. Even yeah. Just stress stress and then, and then you get stressed it. about the physical stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a vicious cycle. It's, it's, well, I like to call it a delightful circle. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah, so you positive. Know, I like that. That's it. I have no fucking choice, but I, I think I, I, I do think that there's something wrong with my brain chemistry because I'm constantly happy. Well, not constantly, <laughs> but I mean, I also take a whopper dose of amphetamines every morning for the sure. ADHD, but, um, yeah, it's, it's depressing to have these things and then to not be able to do the things that you want to do is even more depressing. And then you find out that what you have physiologically causes depression and that's depression. And you just Well, so then I'll be interested to hear your answer to this of the uh, question we ask every guest, except I just realized that last time on the podcast, we did not ask our guest, but I'll ask him offline and report back. Um, if you could magically snap your fingers and be gone with all of your, any physiological or psychological things you're going through, would you choose that? Or do you feel like to some extent as miserable can be at times? Would you change your, basically, would you change your history to, I'm just growing up as a healthy person, no problems. And do you feel like it was something that you learned or shaped you? Or do you feel like, you know, that's hard to answer. Because there's so it many, you know, like I used to say, so. I used to, <laughs> it's, it's your <laughs> you know, I used to say, you know, cause I also on top of that and a horrific childhood and afterwards I would say, you know, if, I used to think, oh, you know, I could have been all of these things if I hadn't had that happen to me, if I'd actually had parents who supported me and, you know, I won't even get into all of, you know, instead of lying on the floor so that, drunk, another that, would, that would be, you know, but then I think it built character. And then sure. I used to say like, oh, having these physical issues, it's, you know, again, it's made me more compassionate. I am genuinely more happy than I was yeah. when I was working, but that might just be because I'm not working in an office job. I don't know. <laughs> right. I built my strength. I didn't know. And at this point, I'm like, you know, it's fucking enough. You know, I'm, I'm strong enough. I'm compassionate. I'm done. I'm done. I don't right. need any more. But I, I am someone who doesn't like to go down that road of thought because it's just not going to, and I get it. Right, yeah, because it's it's just. But at the end of the day, you are who you are. And it has shaped if you. If we were if we yeah. were all it's perfect physically, kind of warped with psychologically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel the same way. I mean, that's what I always and I mean, you know, I'm whatever sort of 
dealing with maybe objectively one more concentrated thing just having trap. But I, as crazy as it's been at times, I agree in the fact that I feel like it has shaped my empathy and my compassion. You know what I mean? Like, I, not to say I'd be an asshole if I didn't have it, but I just, it's almost sort of like I can't imagine not having it. Like, what would I think about all the time? It's like you can't even imagine that life. So, it, it, and I think it has impacted in a lot of ways my personality. So how can you even imagine? Well, and in comedy, I feel like too, like we're all comedians. It doesn't have to be something that you talk about in your comedy. Our previous guest said he doesn't bring it up, but it can also, I feel like people, you know, we're in a time, a lot of storytelling, a lot of personal Mm -hmm. stuff. People like to see comedians who are not happy because if you're not, and I don't mean overall happy, like you can present yourself as happy, but you know, if, if you don't have, you know, people want to see people who have something that they can relate to, even if it's not the exact same thing, just something like, okay, you have something, I have issues. Let's, yeah. Right. I wish I could turn it off when I had to go on public transportation. I thought that would be nice. That would be very nice. Well, spe- speaking of issues, I know, well, Evan has a hard out because he has a very important holiday party to get to. <laughs> we both do, actually. A hard out. But, um, <laughs> sounds very sexual. Um, but Jackie, I would love you to plug anything you have going on because I know you also have sort of a podcast that's very tangential to our, our sentiment. So tell us about it. Absolutely is. So it's the Damaged and Proud podcast, which has been recorded. It's just uh, not out there in the universe quite yet, but... My coming point, soon. Coming soon. Damage and Proud podcast. We, I already do have the shows and open mic. My, it's not too dark. Open mic. Get it? Because you can talk of anything. Uh, it's yes. not too dark. That's great. And the point of it is that I did not want to talk about my issues because I didn't want people to treat me differently. But at the point I had to. And then I wanted to make it funny. And what was frustrating is I was at the point where I was comfortable talking about it and I could laugh at it. But it was very hard to get other people to laugh at it. Yeah. So the concept behind it is about getting comfortable talking to other people. And it's, it's every kind of issue that's difficult to talk about. Right. It could be disability. Right. It could be addiction. It could be a mental health issue. I always say there's a woman who I want to bring on because she was, had a really difficult time talking about bedwetting. It doesn't matter what yeah. it is. It's just difficult for you to talk about. Right. Or it's difficult for other people to hear you talk about it and yeah, getting, and getting comfortable doing it. Something you feel stigmatized it, about yeah. or that society doesn't like to talk about or together. Even, or even just something that you yeah. like. I kind of regret saying out loud that I have herpes now, but yeah, whatever. Don't <laughs> regret. No regret. This is a safe space. So I talk to different comedians and, and I try to figure out how they're able to get comfortable talking about it and then how how they were able to make it funny and and it's which are two very big steps exactly and some some needed to make it funny before they could talk to people they knew personally about it some people needed to do the reverse right it's it's an interesting journey so where can people learn more about you jackie where can they follow you on twitter or look you up on the interwebs I've got at Jack's Got Jokes, which is on Twitter. And uh, see, on Instagram, I'm HRM Jackie Jacks. And that's where I do most of my material about disabilities because I actually still don't like putting it on Facebook because I still think it gives people the heebie jeebies, oh, which is probably really not politically correct, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Anyway. <laughs> it's fine. It's true. And then we also have a Damaged and Proud. Uh, both on Twitter and on Instagram. And then coming soon will be my website, Can't which wait. is damagedandproud.com. Damaged not launching, but it's launching soon. That's awesome. Very cool. 
Jackie, thank you so much for coming on and being yeah. so candid. And so, I mean, I think all three of us, and especially like with Damaged and Proud, I mean, we've made some progress here today. So Absolutely. We've laid some groundwork for other us. listeners. I've learned so much more about ringworm than I for a month. Thank you guys no, so much so for much tuning for coming. in. And yeah, thank you, Jackie, for thank coming. Thank you for getting me out of the house. Uh, good luck getting through all the Santas out there. We'll yes. see you guys next time. <laughs> My name's Taylor. My name's Sarah. And we like to talk about uncomfortable, unchartered, and unwanted social interactions. Mainly between men and women. And we like to do it with a man in the room. And we like to have a woman start off by telling a story. This is starting to sound like a weird sexual thing, but it's really just a podcast. Called, Did That Just Happen? And it's hosted by us. Taylor and Sarah. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!